an unexpected story out of the so-called hot labor summer. Strippers united will never be divided. Binge all four episodes of Imperfect Paradise Strippers Union wherever you get your podcasts. The other day I was in the car with one of my friends and I was driving and they were backseat driving. I hate it when people backseat drive, side seat drive, trunk street drive. It drives me nuts. I totally get the same feeling. Like, okay, so the worst offender is my mom. Whenever I drive with her, she just is like so much screaming over all the smallest things like changing lanes, like making turns. I know. <laughs> Even if I make the signal, she's just like freaking out. She's like, did you see that person? You're about to crush the person. That's Kyle Chang, a Snoo Squad producer. And we were talking about this because when I'm in the moment and someone's backseat driving, I get so heated, so frustrated. And it doesn't even matter what they say or when they say it. Sometimes that feeling just lingers. It follows me throughout the day. It follows me to the next week. Every time I think about this person, I think of them backseat driving. And what I realize is maybe it's not even about what they say. It's about something deeper. Yeah, it's like when you're feeling angry or frustrated about something small, but it's like really getting to you, like more than you know it should. That's when you give us a call. You're listening to Snooze, a show about things people put off, how they conquer them, but most importantly, how they conquer themselves. And I'm Megan Tan. Let's go! How are you? Good. How are you? I am okay. Like super, super hectic up here in San Francisco. Just like running around and seeing people. Uh, oh, you're still in SF. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to be in This SF. is my friend Mark. This conversation is pretty typical between him and I. Like he's the kind of person who likes to focus on other people. I ask him how he's doing, and then just as quickly, he'll turn it around and ask me how I'm doing. So we start talking about me. And he's just the kind of person who doesn't like to focus on himself. I don't see myself as kind of like the center of the life of the party. I'm kind of like on the edge, but not in a bad way. I just see that as like someone who's there when people need need me. I know, Mark. Like, we've talked a lot. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, I matched with Mark on Tinder. And Mark stood out because most guys are like... Like, what kind of Asian are you? Any dirty pics? How 
big are you? And Mark's vibes were more like, Hey, how did that interview with Big Boy go? So what were you like in high school? I actually thought of you when I was watching Minari. And my vibe was more Mark's vibe. We had no idea where that would take us. News will be back after the break. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. Now, back to the show. So, we decided to meet up after two weeks of texting. We went to Barnes Park. It's a place where cute grandpas are chilling on the benches and listening to their favorite Chinese operas. There are tennis courts, people taking classes. It's a family park vibe. Mark and I walked up a small grassy hill, sat down, and played some music. I brought my speakers, and he brought his blanket. And we just chatted about our lives. He's a video editor, and I'm a music producer, so I told him he could edit my music videos when I make it big. I was comfortable with Mark, but maybe too comfortable, like a friend who I've known for a long time. So after our park date, there weren't really any sparks, but we decided to stay friends. Yeah. Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) let me me get on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want you to be distracted. Do you want me to hold your phone? So. So where were we? Where were we? We were talking about the dates Mm -hmm. and how you're talking with... Fast forward, three months later, Mark and I are hanging out, and we're talking about one of our favorite topics, boys. He said, like, oh, I I don't think we can, like, date because, like, it's a lot. And Mark has a lot of men in his life. It's kind of hard to keep track. There are the ones that want to bang but don't want to date. And, like, I'm really busy and stuff like that, and I'm not ready. And then... A month ago, I texted him like, hey, I know like we're friends, but like, would you want to hook up again? Ones that are stable, but maybe a bit boring. So, Pat, what I like about him is that he's very um, communicative and he doesn't try to play it cool. And he also doesn't go like back and forth, you know? And boys that are chaotic, but exciting. Mark, the other guy who like came on really strong. But then since then, it's been kind of like, like whiplash <laughs> like right emotional whiplash just like very intense but then nothing like for the next couple days and very like just yeah. yeah well it sounds like he doesn't really know 
what he wants. No, he doesn't. I don't know. What would you do, Kyle? I feel like you would do something completely different. Well, and a lot of people just don't know who they are. Uh-huh. And they're still kind of, like, making it up as they go. That's what I think. So, okay. wouldn't take it personally. Uh-huh. Right. Because most people are still discovering themselves, too. Right. Every time we talk, there's a new guy. But every time, every guy... The story seems to play out like this. Mark and the guy start hanging out, and then they hook up. Mark says goodbye, and he thinks they have a good time, so he texts them the next day. Maybe they'll respond in a few hours, but slowly, a few hours turns into a few days. And eventually, they stop texting him back. And then... Mark starts overthinking. Yeah, so after I started struggling with rejection from other guys, like right after we would get intimate, maybe like a few guys in a row, then they would ghost me. So in the moment, I thought everything was great and I thought that I would see them again. And then once they start becoming distant and not really responding to texts, then I started doubting myself and I was like, okay, so... It's either they were just looking for a fling, or I'm not good enough at sex. And Mark thinks that his sexual prowess, or lack of it, is following him everywhere. So right after the last guy... So the last guy, we'll call him Paul, he was Latino, nice tan skin, slim build, had a mustache... Mark found him on Grinder, and then after they hooked up, out of nowhere, Paul blocked Mark. No other words. That's when I decided, okay, I need to really figure out what's going on and whether it's something in me that I'm still dealing with or I just haven't found the right guy. I need to see someone because the rejection at that time, like three guys in a row, was really bad on my mental health. When Mark says that he needs to see someone, he's not talking about boys anymore. He's talking about a therapist. But not just any therapist. The way that I've been trying to approach sex um, without a therapist is like, okay, I just got to do it on my own. I just got to like practice. I just got to get out there and meet new people. And maybe like through practice, I can change. But it was kind of a mixed bag. Lately, it's been more negative. For Mark, he thinks he's being ghosted because of unfulfilled sex, and he wants to fix that. He's been wanting to find a sex therapist. And he finally takes the first step and comes to the snooze squad to make it happen. Sound check, you you first, Megan? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What are you seeking from a sex therapist? I want to change the way I view my body and the way that I view sex because up until this point, sex was always a chore for me and something I needed to perform at and just be perfect at, look perfect, act perfect, be perfect. I want sex to be fun and I want to be relaxed. I just want to be, you know, free from thinking about what's going on and just really pay attention to how my body is feeling and the Mm. desire. I would really benefit from professional help, yeah. Obviously, you're not alone. 
you know, now you have a squad of -hmm. people who are going to check in on you, hold you accountable to this thing. But I want to know what is like an ideal goal. Yeah, I think to have like an actual first session with someone would be like the ultimate first step. Finding a therapist isn't simple, but Mark suggests that he wants to find one in about a month, which seems like plenty of time. But for Mark, as someone who's always been there for others, being there for himself and finding a sex therapist for himself may be tough because he's got to defeat those inner voices. What if I'm alone for the rest of my, my life, hallucinating that it was my life? I feel like I'm stuck in the I don't know what to do. What I'm not going to love sex. I Because at the time, I just thought things were like, this is it. It's impossible for things to get better. And so I felt very hopeless when I thought about starting because I was like, how am I really going to reach that point? Conquering those inner voices may be the difference between Mark finding love and getting trapped in a loveless loop. Snooze will be back. After the break. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the show. We didn't record this in real time, but this is what happened. Mark is looking for a sex therapist to help him gain confidence. He makes a list of seven sex therapists, and he starts making calls, sending emails. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Hi, this message is for Dr. Tran. My name is Mark, and I'm a new patient, um, and I wanted to get into sex therapy if possible. Hi, you've reached Mary. Please leave a message. I wanted to talk to you about uh, your techniques and things like that. Hi, you've reached Anne Marie. Please leave a message. Three. So please give me a call back. You can reach me at 818-76. Thanks. Bye. Not available. We set a deadline. Mark and I have decided that in three weeks, he'll have had his first sex therapy session. Irony is, finding a sex therapist to help you with dating can feel a bit like dating itself. And all of them, I think, are going to be covered by insurance for the most part. But the thing is, um, I read that insurance websites that have those lists um, for therapists might be, like, out of date. So I still need to call them and make sure that they still take my insurance. He reaches out to them, and then he waits. Day one, day two, day three, silence. Except on day four. Even though it was a very short phone call, the way she was listening to what I wanted to work on and the way she gave feedback made me feel so seen. 
One of the sex therapists responds. Her name is Casey. Mark gets on the phone with her to have an intake meeting, and he tells me that she has a soft, caring voice. And during their intake conversation, he lets his emotions all pour out of him in the first five minutes. This could be the one. But then, on their next call, when they should have been scheduling a first appointment... So, what's going on with the sex therapist? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so she told me that she doesn't take Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance, which is what I have. So... That was a bummer, and then she was telling me, like, the sliding scale that she has, um, and she said typically it ends up being around, like, 200 per session, and I was like, holy... Holy shit. Holy fuck. How am I going to pay for this? So feeling a little disappointed. Even though Mark says that he's just a little disappointed, I can hear it in his voice. This is a big blow. It feels like Mark's romantic life is riding on finding a sex therapist. And he thought he finally found one, only to have it be unaffordable. Finding that validation and safe space with someone that he trusts, someone he can open up to, is really important. Because I find out that his pain doesn't just come from a few dates ghosting him. It comes from a deeper history. And it all started one day, a few years ago, when he went shopping for groceries with his mom. While Mark's mom was squeezing for ripe vegetables, Mark strolled off by himself. I'm just walking down the shampoo aisle, and I saw him, and I thought he was cute, and I was kind of, like, checking him out. But then I noticed that he started checking me out, too. So I was like, oh, crap, he saw me checking him out. So then once he turned and saw me, I think I just looked shocked. And then he smiled. He smiled, like, and he kind of, like, held eye contact for, like, a little bit. Like, you know when people just, like, look at you for a little bit longer than what's expected? Then you're like, okay, that was, like, a little moment. So that's how I knew that we kind of like had that thing. So I was like, okay, oh my God, I don't want to look like a creep. And I was scared because still in the closet, never done anything with anyone. Up until that point, Mark had had girlfriends, but never slept with any of them. And never even dared to ask a boy out. So I'm walking towards him. I look at him. We look at each other. He smiles and then he goes, "Uh, hi, can I give you my number? Those are the very first words he said to me. And then I think my jaw just kind of dropped. And I I didn't know what to say. I was so speechless. And then I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure. And then so I gave him my phone. He put in his number and he was like, hi, my name is Oscar. Nice to meet you. I hope you text me. Have a good day. And that's how we started to date. This wasn't just the beginning of a relationship. It was the beginning of Mark exploring his sexuality, something he'd never done before. Our first date, we went to a bar and just got drinks. Um, It was in WeHo, 
because he knew that I had never like been in the gay scene at all. He brought me to a bar that had go-go dancers there, which I had never seen. And I was just like in awe, like, oh my gosh, like, how did I never come upon this? Or why didn't I start earlier to explore this part of myself? So I felt very taken care of and honored to like have someone there to like show me what like a gay quote unquote lifestyle could be like. Yeah, that honeymoon period was a really like whirlwind time, I guess. Every little thing at the time since he was my very first boyfriend felt like such a big moment, you know, like him picking me up to go out, him opening the door for me, him paying for my meal, him listening to me, him giving me attention. I think all of those little things kind of just added up to where I was starting to get attached to him and really like him. We were together 2012 to 2018, so like more than half of my 20s. But it wasn't exactly a rom-com or anything. They fought a lot. This was Mark's first love. So naturally, he put a lot of pressure on himself to make it work. And when it came to their relationship in the bedroom, Mark ended up feeling a lot of pressure to do things he didn't want to do for Oscar because he wanted to hang on to him. So our sexual dynamic was he was uh, identified as a top. And then me, I didn't really identify as anything at the time. But since he was a top, I was like, okay, I got to be the one to be the bottom. But the thing is, I think the the sex we were having was more about him and his pleasure and never about mine. And so when I would ask him to do certain things, he's like, he would be like, I don't want to do that, you know. Or he would make certain comments about my body, um, like my junk. And he'd be like, it looks weird, like I don't want to touch it, basically. Stuff like that. So at the time, I kind of tried to roll with it, you know. Um, Even though I started feeling bad about myself because of those comments, I tried to roll with it and try my best to, you know, please him. And yeah, sex started to become like a chore for me because me personally, this is another thing I'll put out there. um, I don't actually enjoy receiving penetrative sex at all. It's never been like something that I get pleasure from. But with him, I was like, he's my boyfriend, so he wants it, so I should, you know, I should be a good boyfriend and, like, give it to him. So after six years of being with Oscar, Mark left the country for a job, but secretly, he was kind of hoping that their romance would fizzle out with space, and it did. They broke up, they stopped talking, but the shadow of their relationship still follows Mark. I struggle to enjoy sex with other other people because I'm always, like, in my head like I was with Oscar because after six years of that relationship, I'm noticing the same patterns now when I'm trying to date. Mark feels like he's living his past relationship over and over. On dates and in the bedroom... I always feel like I'm in my head and I'm really insecure about my body uh, because 
I kind of replay moments or comments that Oscar would tell me about my body. Like, he would make comments about my stomach or the way things look. So when I am dating someone now or trying to get to know them, um, that's what I think about. Like, I wish my body looked different or all of those things that kind of like take me out of the moment um, are the same things that would happen with Oscar. I was just so like insecure about how things were looking. What is the other person thinking? Yeah, I still it still happens now. Yeah. Mark is trying to resolve a problem with his current love life by looking for a sex therapist who can help understand his past love life. It doesn't help that looking for a therapist feels like looking for love. And Mark is having trouble with both. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic... Hi, this message is for Dr. Tran. Hi, you've reached Mary. Please leave a message. I wanted to talk to you about... uh, Hi, you've reached Anne-Marie. Please leave a message. So please give me a call back. You can reach me at 818-818. And yet he continues. After three weeks looking for a sex therapist, hours of phone tag and email tag and texting tag, not hearing back from some sex therapists, most of them, and not having the right insurance for the one that he really likes. So yeah, I got the one on Friday. So you already scheduled it. Mark books his first hour-long appointment with a sex therapist. Yeah, I already scheduled it. Um, I'm confirmed for the appointment. And the insurance copay is only 30 per session. It's something he can afford. But then suddenly, he tells me... Yeah, so feeling a little disappointed just because, like, not that... A therapist who charges more is necessarily better, and then someone who charges less and takes insurance is worse. I feel like, I don't know, I feel, I feel like it's the one on Friday is going to be, since they're cheaper, I don't know if the therapy is going to be as good. The fact that it's so affordable is actually a problem? He's convinced that quality sex therapy has to be expensive. I'm trying to be positive because the price doesn't necessarily reflect the quality of the care. Hopefully so, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't reflect the quality of the care and like, it's all about your chemistry, right? And that's the thing you're also very worried about too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope that there's good chemistry with the one on Friday. I'm starting to think that maybe this isn't really about the right fit. On December 22nd, Mark's therapy session finally arrives. Talking to the therapist and getting more into it um, about why I feel low self-esteem and why specifically I see myself a certain way um, made me get emotional made me cry a lot. Uh, I guess just admitting those things out loud to someone. Talking to the therapist just made everything so real. For the longest time, 
Mark has been focusing on getting better at sex. He thought that that was the problem in his love life. He danced around the issue of his low self-esteem and confidence by focusing on sex. But now, he's being confronted with the fact that it's more than just sex. I just want a therapist in general to talk about everything else that I'm going through. So it's funny because the thing I thought I wanted was actually not what I needed. And I found something even better. He's going to help me navigate life in general with like daily life, like work, career, money. That I actually just needed someone to listen to me and help me get through things and someone who's a professional at doing all of that, you know? When I first moved to L.A., I went on my first date with a new guy in a new city. He thought he was looking for love. We became friends, and I tried to help him find love or at least find someone who would help him find love. But as it turns out, Mark was really just looking for someone who could help him fall in love with himself. I know it's going to be a lot of work from now on to continue to talk about my struggles with someone but hopefully with all of that comes getting stronger and being more confident in myself as a person and if you're listening to this out there I hope that um, listening to my story has inspired you in a way to get help if you need it as well I hope that you thrive and flourish if you're thinking about going to therapy it's definitely worth it and there's definitely ways to afford it as well Um, and yeah I guess this will be my last diary for the episode so thanks again and talk to you guys soon If you have something that you've been putting off, call us. 323-591-8159. That's 323-591-8159. Leave us a message, and you could be on an episode of Snooze. Don't put it off. I'm talking to you. Before I give you scenes from the next episode of Snooze, I want to tell you who made this episode possible. The lead producer of this episode was Kyle Chang. He also sound designed, composed original music, and wrote this episode. Marina Pena, Eric Galindo, and I supported him. Eric Galindo, our showrunner, also fact-checked and edited this episode. Marina Pena also helped with the editing. It was mixed and engineered by Donald Paz. Our producers are Emma Alabaster and Marina Pena. Our associate producer is Kyle Chang. I am your host, Megan Tan. 
Jessica Pilot is our talent producer, and Antonio Cerejido and Leo G are the executive producers. Our theme song is by Wayne Dopeman. Andrew Epen created and composed the original music for the show. Make sure you hit follow, like, subscribe to Snooze wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Megan Lee Tan and the show at Snooze Podcast. Our website on Elias Studios is designed by Andy Cheatwood and the digital marketing team who also created our branding. Woohoo! Snooze is a production of Elias Studios. Thanks to the team over there, including Taylor Kaufman, Sabir Barra, Kristen Hayford, Kristen Muller, Andy Orozco, Michael Cosentino, and Leo G. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. If you like snooze, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Trust me, it really helps us out. And we would love to know what you think about the show. Also, if you love Snooze, become a sustaining member of KPCC and LAS Studios by going to laist.com slash memberships. Support the place that supports this show that supports people like me. I'm Megan Tan, and thanks for listening. On the next episode of Snooze, comedian Atsuko Okatsuka tells us how she gets ready to perform for millions of people. Do you have to believe in yourself? It's gradual, because sometimes you do go, oh, those are just words, you know, and you have to, like, somatically, physically believe it, too. I'm Megan Tan, and thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brian, the host of How to LA, a podcast that is a love letter to Los Angeles. Independent movie theaters are having a glow-up moment. Vidiots and Eagle Rock, amazing. We have our friends at the American Cinematheque. The Vista just reopened. In our new series, Revival House, we'll take you inside these spots and share their history. Because movie history is LA history. Listen to Revival House on How to LA wherever you listen to podcasts.